Because you want to live in the forefront of your times, in ideals and in sacrifice, you have elected this. Live from Mad Rivers Boulevard, it's Paul and Rage. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Paul and Rage podcast. It's a special edition because I'm here on my Pat Malone. The hero of the podcast, though, little Rachel Corbett, the red Corbett, as we like to call her. She's on the other side of the world. She's hanging out with Plus One in New York City, where the time now is, I don't know, 10 o'clock or something. So let's call her on Skype. Obviously in a shower. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me, I can hear that. Hi, Z. <laughs> Hi. Well, don't you look like it's Sunday morning? <laughs> oh, what time to go to bed? I just woke up. Okay, this is all being. Now, I've got to tell you up front, I'm not yes. editing anything. This is me tape rolling. Everyone is listening to us. So, bed hair, bed voice, all of it. I'm going to describe what I can see. And then you can tell me... your video on. I can't see your video. Well, you don't need to see me because what I'm looking at here is uh, the freshly woken up Rachel Corbett. Hang on one second. I'm just going to screen cap. Don't do that. Oh, I can't think I just saw through the iridescent top. Izzy! Okay. Greetings from New York City. Mm-hmm. How's the greatest city in the world? How is New York City going? Now, we should tell people up front, this podcast does not go for 40 minutes because Rach just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Well, we've had an awesome time so far. Some great things have happened, all of which I've written down on a little piece of paper oh uh, that I took out of the New York Historical Society well, so look... that I can remember what I want to talk to you about. <laughs> now, what I like here is if the penmanship is pretty amazing. Like, can you take a photo of this and whack it up on the Facebook page, please? Absolutely, okay. I can. Because I, I like the I one did. that's line four, position two, plus one, and some frozen peas. I don't know what that means, but I'm assuming you're having a good time. <laughs> I wrote this after my second Negroni at a, uh, at a bar on 59th. Oh, Please, corner of 59th and 3rd. Come on, give, give, it, give it the full New York, okay? You've got to give the street reference, the cross street. Come on, get into it. The full New York wank. Uh, so how are you? What, what do you want to know? I've got so much to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you a couple of quick things, though. Um, okay. Whereabouts in New York City are you? Um, you know, Are you 42nd Street? Are you top of the island, bottom of the island? I don't specific apartment address. No, thank you. But, but where, whereabouts? <laughs> Bouts. Uh staying in the West Village on uh, on West Eleventh Street. Oh, of course oh, you are. God. Yeah, I just told you don't give the address. See, because I'm in charge of the tech, so I'm not going to do any beeping. So please don't drop the F word or whatever, because I don't know. Well, can't be stuffed. <laughs> Let's be more honest about it. <laughs> All right. So, so so you're in the West Village. You're enjoying a bit of the the bohemian lifestyle, and um, you seem to have taken that approach to a whole new level with the fresh out of bed face. I'll ask you this question publicly and then we'll phone call and stuff afterwards. Plus one in real life on the other side of the world. What's it like? Thumbs up. She's not saying... Now, we did okay. Now I must say this, and I know you know, you know that plus one gets a bit weirded. I can hear him in the next room eating his breakfast. I already know this is going to be a problem. Well, we are, just shut your ears for a second, plus one. Is it quinoa? So, 
It, no, he's not eating quinoa. I'm eating quinoa. Oh, he's literally Jesus. come out to look at me and give me and stare me down with a with an angry face. So it was of course, when we turned up at the airport. It was bizarre because we hadn't seen each other for six weeks, right? So we and we've been skyping three times a day. We're seeing each other, so obviously we know what we look like. We know we get along. We know we have a good time. But then when you turn up and you see this person, and they're no longer an avatar, yes. you know, they're no longer two dimensional. They're like a real person. And we kind of he was waiting at me at the, for the for me when I came out of the airport. And we're sort of really excited, and we run down and we have a hug and a kiss, and then we both realize that. With we are this person that we've been talking to, but we have no like physical <laughs> like memory of what each other feels like, and so we're just kind of both standing there hugging, going, "This, I mean, are you the person oh. I've been talking to? I don't know." Anyway, we got over that. So now you know what it's like person. to uh, to be in jail because you know you, yeah. you've, you've had hands on the glass, and finally you've got out after doing a six six week stretch for car theft and good behaviour. Really good behaviour. Just six weeks. <laughs> just, just a quick six weeks. I was awesome in jail. I was taking care of everyone. Mm. I was like teaching... No, 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 no. That means something know. else in jail. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't that means the opposite of good behaviour. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, um, you know, uh, in seeing as we're in podcast world, are you aware of a podcast called The Moth? No, I'm not, but you are very excited because you got the chance to go and hang out. What yeah, is so it? The Moth is basically a story. Ripping us like, off. They've just ripped us off. We're a story every week. <laughs> so what are these frauds, these thieves? We often don't have a beginning, middle and an end, and that's actually one of the qualifications of the mod. But So basically we went to – essentially usually they have like about four people and I think they pre-submit a story and they go to this book club in New York. Of course they do, like this bookstore, and they go and they read these stories and they record it. And so they're usually like longer kind of 20-odd minute stories. But the show that we happened to go to was a story slam. So it was like people turn up, they put their name in the hat. and Yeah, and then there was a – cat <laughs> yeah and then it broke its leg yeah and then somebody's got daddy issues were you there <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't that bad i promise you so there's 10 stories and basically we had gone because plus one had met somebody at a travel conference who knew the producer so she said okay i'll get you tickets now i'm thinking to myself okay that's a lovely gesture you know but i'm sure that's no great you know achievement to get tickets to this thing oh no 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 we turn up the thing starts at uh, 7 30 so we think oh we'll probably turn up about half an hour earlier to just go get the tickets and make sure we know where we're going we turn up there is a line around two to three city blocks long. Oh, wow. It has started two and a half hours before we got there. This is for a and podcast. People, yeah, yeah. These people are not lining up because they have tickets. They're lining up to maybe get a ticket. Wow. So there's like 300 tickets and, you know, most of these people will be turned away. And, they've, and then they pile into this bookstore and there's like maybe... I don't know, 20 seats, and then everybody else finds a bit of a nook or cranny or whatever around the bookstore. So we sort of sheepishly walk to the front of the line because everybody hates that. Oh, I can't Yeah, no, no, no. I've got no beeping ability. 
<laughs> Everybody hates that dickhead that walks to the front of the queue <laughs> and is like, I'll just be going in here, you know, takes the red rope back and just wanders into the club. So we've walked in and the lady, you know, very sheepishly sort of going, uh, is our name on the door? You yeah, know, this yeah. person said that we would have a ticket. And then this lady comes up and goes, oh, you must be Rob. You know, you know gives a hug, gives a kiss, brings us and has reserved us two front row seats Ooh. and then says, would you guys like to be judges? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> and so we were sort of sitting there going, is this really happening? And then, you know, the masses start to hoard in mm. and everybody's sort of dead eyeing us <laughs> as they walk past us and because they've been standing out in the cold and the rain for two and a half hours and we just wander on through and, and watch this thing from the front stage. Anyway, that was, nine of the ten stories were shit, so that was our plan. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's right, though. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, your mate's band in an RSL or it's, uh, you know, a bit of showbiz at the end cent. If mm. you are on a promise of just go to the door and just, just say what your name is, I've never felt comfortable about it because I always assume that's just them being polite and nobody has got any tickets waiting anywhere. Absolutely. And there is nothing more embarrassing than walking to the front of the queue they saying, oh, I think there's a couple of tickets down here under the name of Rachel. Them saying no and going, see you again when I get through the line. So back. <laughs> <laughs> you know? back I go to the back of the queue. So what Nick, have you been up to? Oh, You've got more to ask me. Well, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, let's be honest, this podcast is all about you because I'll give you the tip. The greatest highlight of my life was uh, uh, Darling Dan, our dear friend and I, we went to Bob Saget, who uh, was part of here. The Paulie, mm. I bought two tickets to Bob Saget, not realising that I was away. <laughs> and I, I had to, there were two seats in that cinema, in that theatre, yeah. uh, your show, empty, because right. I wasn't there. Well, was good? I'll give you the tip. About halfway through, there was four seats that were empty because Dan and I looked at each other and went, nah. We're out of here. No, why was it that bad? Very rarely would I ever walk out of a show, a movie, whatever, whatever. It did help that I was running somewhat late for TV. But, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, but he basically was, you know, when you go and see somebody and part of the reason why you're going to see them is, oh, that's that guy from the TV and that guy from the TV is going to tell dirty jokes. And I like Bob Saget. I think he's funny. I think he's, um, you know, writes well, all the rest of it. But it really was... Just a bit boom tish, boom tish, boom tish. And I turned to Dan about a quarter of the way through the show and I just said, dude, I feel like I'm stuck on a cruise ship. And perfect example of the joke, right? Okay, now listen to us. Rach is now a professional comedic judge and uh, I do news commentary, but okay. Let me me hang shit on the 30-year veteran of stand-up comedy who was able to sell out a venue while I remember when we gave away free tickets to a strip joint, no one turned up. Sorry, that's not true. I think one bloke turned up with his friend. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, let's give it to Bob Saget. One of his jokes was he just he was obsessed with the with, with the Jew thing. You know, I'm a Jew. I'm a Jew. Are there any Jews here? And of course, you know, in Australia, not a lot of people putting their hand up, going, "Yeah, woo, me too. I'm Ishmael." Unlike if you do that gear in New York, oof. Bang, 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 bang. You know, we were we were bike riding over the uh, Williamsburg Bridge. Of course and you coming were. out of, uh, I know, what a wanker. Coming out of Brooklyn, there's a, a, a sign that says, like a road sign mm. that says leaving Brooklyn like you'd see on any highway back home. And underneath it, like the council has actually put up there, oy vey. <laughs> That's committed. More Jewish than that. That's committed. So he's doing the so he's doing some of the Jewish gear. He's calling out for you know uh, any Isaacs in the room, any Miriams, you know that sort of gear. And then he turns around and he says, "I'm so Jewish, I've been circumcised nine times. Enjoy the calamari." Pause. And I've gone what? Oh. God. And then 
It's like, oh, John Stamos. John Stamos is so so attractive. Every every time I mention his name, women start ovulating, and I'm like, oh god. You know that yeah. one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, and then eventually I just go. I know what's going to happen for the rest of this show. See ya! I can't believe that calamari line. That's terrible. Yeah, one second, but it's going to get another screenshot. I'd like to bring up. Just lean a bit Is forward. That... You are? Just lean a little more forward. <laughs> get your hands off. Just lean back, lean back, lean back. Just arch, arch, just arch your back. <laughs> just my private collection. Just a private collection. That's not for the Facebook page. Get your hand off Shift Command Four. Oh, hang on, it's, right. it's, it's, it's actually three, but. <laughs> okay. Oh, you're bouncing. So a lot of people who watch you on television would not realise. Wait, <laughs> they would realise this bit. I just realised this sentence was going to make this sound wrong. I was going to say they would not realise you're very good at your job. No, no, no. What I meant to say was <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> What, she's, she's, she's 30 hours away in a plane and still hanging shit on me. Oh, I'm sorry I got you out of bed at 10 o'clock in the morning in your love nest. Is that what we're calling this, a love nest, yes. by the way? Yes, yes, we are, we are. You are very good at your job. Now, comma. No, no comma. No comma, no but. No dot, dot, dot. A compliment works like this, Rachel, okay? Rachel, you look lovely today. See, nothing else. Nothing else around it. Instead, Paul, you're very good at your job. A lot of people don't realise you're very good at your job. <laughs> Let's see if we can go from three from three, Rach. Please, feel free to compliment me. Okay, you are very good at your job, full stop. New sentence. <laughs> if it starts with a but. <laughs> a lot of people wouldn't realise that you are so comfortable with what you do that a lot of the time you can, you know, whiz there quickly if you need to. So if you have something on, like a Bob Saget concert or a dinner or something, you can be in a position where you'll look at your watch and we've been together a number of times <laughs> and it's pretty close to show time. Yeah, let's be honest, it's quarter to nine and I'm <laughs> not 15 minutes away from the, from the studio. <laughs> so we do put the foot down, we do move. At a legal speed. <laughs> and you will race to the studio mm. and literally run on set. Yeah. Now, for a lot of people who don't do television or performance or anything, that sounds like a frightening prospect. And even for me, who performs a lot, <laughs> that is a frightening prospect, even though I will say I am quite often almost not there at PM Live when I do the show. <laughs> I'm sort of flying through the uh, tunnel just going, I don't know if I'm going to make this. And I'm thinking, it's okay, I've got 10 minutes of editorial. And uh... <laughs> Yeah, oh, geez, I know he's really pissed off about that thing today. Some greenie yeah. said something, oh, I've got another 16 minutes before I'm needed. Yeah, yeah that's lucky. <laughs> but I'm always amazed at how you can be so far from the studio a mere 15 minutes before mm. and then on stage. I mean, it's a credit to your talent, full stop. Thank you very much, Rachel. <laughs> I appreciate it. Now, I've got another piece of news for you, but I'll save it for later in the podcast because it is more exciting to talk about New York City. So you went plus one. Um, give me an idea. Mm -hmm. Has he wined? Has he dined? What's he done? What's he done to sort of make you feel like the special lady you are? Oh, 
we have wined, we have dined, we've done a lot of that, and we've done a lot of um, touristy gear. We went to the Natural History Museum the other day. A must. A must at all times. You can go a thousand a times in your life, but it's different every time. Really, really great place to go. And one of those places where you wander around, and, you know, if you've seen A Night at the Museum, when you're wandering around, you think, oh, this makes absolute sense to me. Why Plus one's in the back of shop, by the way. Said, he is in the back of shot. He's just leaving to go and get a coffee with a friend. Bye, plus one. Bye. Oh. He doesn't even say he loves me. He doesn't even kiss me goodbye. Jesus, it's on the rocks here. I mean, Jesus oh, Christ, hang on. Wait, wait, he's, wait, he's back. He's hang on, this is the first words. Hang on, hang on. I want plus one to understand. The first time he's about to be heard on the podcast is just saying, yeah. goodbye, darling, I love you. That's all we need. Okay, all right. So seriously, he's been waiting for this moment his whole life. He's, I can't even he's, tell He's you. excited. The first moment. He's so excited. <laughs> Hang on, he's sitting down for another half hour now. <laughs> he's so excited. Okay, the first words and only words that we're hearing from you on the podcast Jesus. are, goodbye, baby, I love you. Goodbye, baby, I love you. Oh, <laughs> listen to the timber in the voice. He's all white up top and all black beneath. I love it. <laughs> He can't hear a word. Okay, give him the review. I want to. I want to hear his reaction. He really said that the timbre of your voice is such that you're all white up top, but all black down below. <laughs> <laughs> a big wink and a happy smile from Rach. All right, Paulie and I See you. before he said. <laughs> See you plus one. Oh, Bye. Isn't right. that nice? Uh, this is going to be so uncomfortable. Like in two weeks, when you realise he's cheating on you and. You're going to forever have this podcast to listen back to, Rachel. Is that where, have I just have I just said goodbye to him as he goes to meet another woman? Well, I'll put it this way. How long are you in New York for? <laughs> yeah, we've got a little bit of time for him to, to get up to mischief if he wants to. So the Natural History Museum. Yes. We went there and naturally, I mean, we turned Oh, up naturally, I get it. Natural History Museum. Uh, oh, there you go. Now he's gone. So Can you just, just the strap, just off the left, thanks. <laughs> How are you dealing with doing a podcast without my underpants on the line next to you? Well, I'm, I'm motivating myself by imagining them. <laughs> so we get into the Natural History Museum and we roll up to the front of the line and Lisa's there. And Lisa is a lovely woman. I mean, she's super chatty. A lot of really delightful people in service positions in America. Because they're doing the it for tips. They're doing it for exactly. tips. I mean, one, exactly. they are Americans are far nicer than people give them credit for, uh, and two, they're doing it for the tips, which actually is a fine system. I mean, you know, I'm not suggesting we need to change a minimum wage in Australia, but if you know there's money in it, guess what? People are nicer. Exactly. So Lisa's given us a few tips about, you know, we had two hours, so we said, look, what are the top five things we need to do, <laughs> uh, you know, to get a real sense of the Natural History Museum? So she's given us a list, and she's circling things. She's like ocean life a must see uh dinosaurs a must see and she's going through these you know exhibit by exhibit all of these things you know the 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 forests of africa a must see whatever it is so we, she's given us this list and then she, she she circles she goes minerals a must see and i look at i look at robin i go uh, okay. I mean, Lisa knows. This is my yeah. first time. I mean, I haven't lived till you've seen Borksite. Exactly. <laughs> so we went through the whole exhibition. Now, I was a massive fan of dinosaurs when I was a kid. Had to go and see the dinosaur bones. Loved it. The ocean life was great. I wanted to see a bit of African mammals. That was awesome. All of the little setups where... Although, 
are they all real? Are they all real and stuffed, or are they are they no, no, like no. art pieces? Well, no, no, no. The, the dinosaurs are dead, and the animals <laughs> are, are also dead. <laughs> no, the animals are they real animal skins? Yes. Like, Oh, right, okay, yeah. I couldn't work out if they definitely were or not. Well, I mean, um, look, I can't speak for every one of their artefacts. I mean, I'm sure they have a few things okay. in the attic that might have been dodged up, but as best as I understand, it's all real. That's a lot of animals that have died for the Natural History Museum. That makes it depressing now. Well, well the world has been around for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Now, okay, I'm I, going to say in my head that all of those animals died of natural causes and the Natural History mm, Museum just happened to find them. Yes, and they all naturally died with bullet holes <laughs> <laughs> that got filled in with some putty. <laughs> so we go around the whole museum and it's great. It's really interesting. I'm having a great old time. Did you have the little headphones on? You know when you walk up to things and you go, 25? No. I didn't. Should I have got the headphones? Well, when I went to the Guggenheim. uh... (laughs) (laughs) Well, as you know, my attitude to museums is uh, it's good to go. But if you've got to get on the rush, you get on the rush. But uh, but my missus, uh, Shani, loved walking around. and But she she had the, the headphones in and she would go to every single exhibit and listen to the 90 second blurb on everything. And I'm like, darling, there's not a test. Like, she's sort of studying, like, oh, no, Paul, don't talk to me. I've got to remember. <laughs> it's like, it's not a test. That is so true. And you would have been infuriated, I know. Oh, um, oh the one good thing was there's a planetarium there and they do, like, a, a film on, like, the the um, the life of space. And so that was really great. And so there were a lot of really amazing things. And then we thought, well, dear God, you know, we're, we're running, the clocks are running out here. we got to get to the minerals. Oh. I mean, Lisa told us the minerals are a must-see. And I said, look, I have severe doubts about minerals being a must-see, but I'm going to go with Lisa's. How are they going to be as good as a dinosaur? Well, this is the thing, right? So we wander through, and the minerals could not be in a further reach of the Natural History Museum. Like, you have to go through a million exhibits to get to the end. And the exhibit before, thank God, was really interesting. It was like the, you know, the evolution of humans, and that was really interesting. And then we get into the minerals section, and I look around, and just like I thought, it's just a tree of life store. <laughs> you know? It's like, I've seen this a million times. Oh, my God. It's a wall of quartz. That's you know? just, like, what, what is, yeah, this is ridiculous. What is the point? And so, so Plus One and I sort of worked out that I think that perhaps Lisa and, and the rest of the crew at the front desk have a bit of a wager on how many people they can get down to the minerals with a bit of a, oh, my God, the minerals. Now, they are a must-see. So if you go to the Natural History Museum, don't bother going to the Yeah, forget the, forget the minerals, seriously. Uh, but um, another little thing I noticed around Sydney the past uh, week or so was that there is a, a store, and it's a very sad story, actually, Rachel. I'm sorry to break your heart with this news from home. About 10 years ago, my, uh, my missus was into the... Uh, do you remember the craze of, of, of beading? That used to be around. Yes, yes, yes. You I know, do. and particularly sort of, you know, it was about you know, make your own necklace, make your own, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm very sad to report that um, that ten years after it was doing an absolutely roaring trade, the bead store at Crow's Nest has closed. 
Oh, no. Now, two things are a mystery about this. How did it even open in the first place? There we go. The second, how the hell did it have a life as long as 10 years? That is incredible. It was going for 10 years. And I don't know. I mean, I get it. It's arts and crafts and little kids and all this. But how do you pay the rent selling beads for like two cents a bead? It's a front. Oh. They're laundering money. I don't know if that's libelous. Yeah, thanks so much. I don't know how to beep anything, so. Oh, well. You can take the shelf company that Rachel and I own. Um. Is there any surprise that I think that there are maybe three or four bead stores in Newtown and a button store? The button store. <laughs> the button store. Is that because, you know, the hipsters, they like to change them or that they're frugal? What's the is, – is there an arty thing about buttons I'm not aware of? Well, you see, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking actually that, you know, a friend of mine used to date a girl who made button necklaces. Mm. Jesus. <laughs> yep. All right. Tell me more. <laughs> so Tell me more she, about how they used to drink their own urine for fun. <laughs> so she had a store at uh, a number of markets and uh, she would spend her weeks uh, putting together button necklaces and then she would go and sell them at the markets. And I went around to her house once and, you know, when you are in the, the mm-hmm. art of button mm-hmm. making, um, you know, I mean, you need a lot of raw materials, right? So you don't know when the inspiration is going to strike and when you're going to want that brown one that you had your eye on a few weeks ago. And so I went around to her house and it was just wall-to-wall drawers of buttons oh. and three cats. Oh, of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. so weird. So how did you find out about the Crow's Nest button shop stopping down? Was Shani still going button shopping? Well, she was crying at the time, and I had realised, <laughs> well, I haven't seen her for an hour. So, <laughs> no, literally, um, the uh, the store, we were a little bit of din-dins the other night and just going for a saunter, as one does. Because this is the thing, when you get older... You find rather than just being all hustle bustle and rock and roll, where you go, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna catch a cab right to the restaurant. I'll go in. I'll do the thing. That, you know, when you get older, yeah. you know, you saunter and you saunter to the other place for dessert, and then you saunter for a drink. You know, the multiple venue. You know, because you don't want to get the heart rate up. <laughs> <laughs> and there it was, the good old fashioned bead store. So it's all beaded. It's all boarded up, but the sign is still there. So literally, I was just there during the smoking ruins of this business. Oh, I find the boarding up an unnecessary step you know we're not incompetent this isn't sort of you know the middle of the project you failed (laughs) you failed in your business this is like a simple closed sign and you know if they've got curtains maybe draw them like that'll do we understand a little sign in the no longer in business but the boarding up seems like an extra nail on the coffin that's just sort of like you really sucked at the bead business well it also makes me think is there a hurricane coming (laughs) (laughs) because normally you see that footage everywhere or tornadoes coming to sydney apparently crow's nest is gonna cop it why don't you throw down a couple of sandbags and help them out (laughs) donations to the red cross exactly i've been walking along the streets here doing a fair bit of sauntering because this is a great city to saunter it is it is is the world capital of sauntering if you do not saunter there you get booted out of said city that's true but i think that some people in this city that have worked out that people saunter are the people who own 
massively impressive brownstones. Now, the brownstones are those old New York City mm. buildings, you know, the brown brick buildings. Essentially, most of them have been turned into apartments or most of them were apartments originally. But there are a lot of massive houses here that are owned by incredibly wealthy people that are four to five stories and just, uh, uh, you know, the number of rooms you probably couldn't even count. Now, when you're walking past through the streets of New York and you're wandering, you have a tendency to to look around, to yeah, look course. in doorways, to look, you know, you want to see how these people live and everything is different and new. Soak it up, exactly. But the one thing I have noticed is that the people that own those really massive brownstones, when they're home, they love a get-together in the front room. And the number of times that I have walked past these windows where all the lights are on and you can see the art and the massive television and all the expensive furniture, and there have been one member of the family, usually the male, but I'm assuming the husband who, you know, is probably, you know, very wealthy and perhaps owns the the house, is standing up at a level where he can catch eyesight with the people that look in on the street. Oh, it's going as if you don't want this life. Exactly. Oh. It has happened to me four or five times in the walk around, and I'm thinking to myself, are these people on shift? You know, are they standing in there, sort of, you know, mum and dad and the kids have got shifts of just pity. It's pity shift, you know? You stand, it's your turn to stand on pity shift and look down at these poor people who will never afford this spectacular life. Oh, but make sure, kids, you're having a great time in here and you're playing with your expensive toys and grandma look like you're having a blast while you're drinking your sherry. It's like an entire t- But also, what you described here, because obviously this is not who you are as a person, but the life you are describing is as if you are the loneliest of lonely single chicks (laughs) going... That could have been my life with Mr. Big. (laughs) (laughs) Do you reckon that's the Sex and the City tour? Like, it's not about locations. It's just you get to go and reminisce about a life you never had. Totally. It is amazing. Even when you're walking hand in hand with your plus one, how quickly you can go, I'm not, you know, you feel like Carrie, you know, in this big city lost. Well, you don't look like a horse, so you've got that on her. Oh, Oh, that's good. We also went to something the other night that I thought, as soon as I sat down. Flash dancers? Great strip joint. (laughs) Did I say that on the tape? Just near the David Letterman building. Okay. I'll look out for it. (laughs) Go say hi to the Russian girls for me. I bet they don't stay there any longer than three weeks. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. There were were a couple of ladies at a uh, Cuban restaurant called uh, Cafe Habana, which, Mm. uh, um, I mean, they really could have done. They could have gone straight to uh, flash dancers or whatever in what they were wearing to work. You know, the, you know, I love to do a bit of racial gear on the podcast oh, from time to time. Endless. But the, the Cubans really love a midriff. No, oh. they really love a midriff. But 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 some of them, some of the uh, some of the beautiful Latino ladies are oh. running around. I mean, they. So were these ladies befitting of such outfits or there was a little bit of muffin top or, as we like to say in Australia, gut? <laughs> these, these ladies would not have been walking down the Miss World pageant uh, runway anytime soon. They had – and okay, and there's a part of me – wait, wait, wait. There's a part of me, even though I hang shit, that I think, you know – No, no, don't be accepting. In- Keep hanging shit. <laughs> don't you know – look at you. I know you're in a happy place, but judge these people. Judge them. I, I think to myself. 
myself, is the problem mine? It was midriff and it was also red bra under really sheer white singlet mm. top. And there was gut hanging over like she came over and handed us our food and it was gut almost resting on the table. <laughs> and, and I think to myself, okay, there's a part of me that goes, I think you should be wearing a shirt. Just something that sort of flatters the form. And I also think I would just never step out in that. that. Now, is the issue that I just don't have that confidence, that I don't have that sort of oozing sexuality that means, mm, like, mm, it doesn't mm, matter. Mm. You know, I know I've got all of these bits and bobs hanging everywhere, but I'm loving it. Should I be a bit more like that? Uh, no, because the scenario of which you've just described is uh, an employment around tips. <laughs> You've just described hooters. <laughs> you know, it's like dress as, regardless of whether you should or shouldn't, get them out yep. because there's a good chance you'll get a tenner. Right, okay. Well, we were, when we were going to this Cuban place, we were actually on the way to the Lincoln Centre where there's a whole lot of stuff that goes on and we went now, to see so, a jazz concert. Forgive me for interrupting. I mean, the first time I think in 14 episodes of a podcast I've actually said that. But anyway, um, it does go for every time I've interrupted you. <laughs> yep. Okay, thank you. <laughs> now, is the, the Lincoln Centre is is sort of their version of the Opera House. It's kind of super fancy, cool. Yeah. What's 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 the what's an Australian equivalent, and you know, even a Melbourne version? Well, it's got a shopping centre in it, and then you kind of go up to you know, like we went up to the jazz in the Lincoln Centre section, and then there's like it's a whole bunch of concert halls and and venues and things where a whole bunch of of things. Of things happens, you know, it's like a mall for for concert venues. And a Westfield, realize, a Westfield for pianos. Exactly, a Westfield for pianos, and you sort of it's times like these when you realise how small Australia is in the grand scheme of things. Oh, because hang on, hang on, hang on. You hear that? I mean, last week you admitted <laughs> that you pick up an accent. Now you've got. Oh, it's only when you're in New York do you realise how small Australia really is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that I think nowhere in Australia could we have a shopping mall full of venues and fill them all. Yeah, correct. You know? Oh, no, no, oh, like, no, I'm completely with you. I mean, it's also yeah. like the, my favourite movie theatre in the world is uh, the AMC 25, which is on 42nd Street. And as the name would suggest, there are 25 screens in this you know, eight level thing and you're going 300 million versus 23. Wow. Oh, I know. And plus one was telling me New York had 58 million visitors mm. last year. That's a lot of people through the door. Well, now I've got to ask you this. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll get to Lincoln Centre in a second, but because you are travelling around with a bloke, you know, travel is his living. He knows how it all works. Is he sort of like uh, the George Clooney... Uh, up in the air kind of guy where he just knows how to do it with just the right amount of stuff in his pockets, just the right, you know, uh, weight for jacket. Like he's just nailed all the little things. Yes, yes. He knows what he's doing and he knows where to go. And this is, I mean, you know me, you know, I'm very independent, but I am literally playing the female role over here. But like, you've got, you know, you've gone, here's the keys to my life. Drive yes. whatever way you want for the next couple of weeks. Go crazy. Exactly. Exactly, because we'll be in certain parts of the city and I still don't know where I am. I don't know where I am in relation to anything. I don't know what's around. And, you know, he's lived here enough times and he's been here enough times where he has a little section of his phone on each of the different sections mm. of, of the city on what bars and restaurants there are around. And last night we went to see, um, have you seen the Harry Potter films? Yes. You know Dudley, the fat kid? Yes. Harry Potter's yes, brother? Yes, 
he he has written a one man show right now. He's slimmed down a lot and he's not playing Dudley. But we we went to see. <laughs> We went to see this Are you saying movie. that an actor's allowed to do more than one role in their life? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that's the review. He's not playing Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> I would never make it at the New York Times. Give him a Tony. Um, so, so we went and saw this show. It was really great. Just, I mean, if I describe it, it'll you know make you square because it, it was a, a box in the middle of the room. The box was filled with dirt and a tree trunk. And... <sighs> And there was mesh up, so he did mm. the entire show in this four-walled mesh dirt box. Mm. And then at the end, in the last final moments, of, and there were light globes around oh, the tree. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh, and let me guess, two and a half hours? No, it was actually only 50 minutes. Oh, good. And at the it's end, 45 at the too end, long. <laughs> the, the sheets from the sides of the stage <laughs> dropped in this room moment and there he was in the middle of the crowd <laughs> okay Rachel a couple of places you need to hit for me uh, there's a cigar bar up on 61st <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a baseball team called the New York Yankees you know you can go and watch them <laughs> I'll pay for your ticket there are all these moments that I am having across the course of these couple of weeks where I am thinking Paulie would hate this. And one of the other things was at the Lincoln at Jazz at the Lincoln, where we went and saw a show which we thought was just going to be like standards, jazz standards. And I love a bit of jazz. You know, I have ABC Jazz on in the background when I'm working. Mm. This was a modern jazz concert. Now I've you know I've been around enough stuff. I can appreciate things even when. They are a box of dirt and a tree trunk with light globes around it. Modern jazz, what is going on? As far as I can ascertain, it is five musicians on a stage improvising, but as if nobody else is there. Like there's mm. no... So it's jamming. No, it's not jamming. Jamming is good. Jamming is like, <laughs> oh, there's a guy. You know, jamming is there's a guy keeping a beat there and I'm going to work in with him and play my saxophone in beat with him and then, this, you know, the piano is going to play along with whatever the saxophone's playing. Modern jazz is if you put five musicians in different rooms and told them to play... Mm. And then you dropped all the walls like Harry Melling's performance last night. <laughs> and then they were continued to play things that were completely unrelated. That is modern jazz. Okay, well, it's I'm about to... noise. Okay, so this, this, here's, here's some gear YouTube. The Modern Jazz Quartet, the album, the song, whatever I'm about to play you is called Pyramid. Oh, now there's an ad. Oh, what? This is a... Oh, come on. Coldplay haven't paid for this. Hang on, here we go. Here's some modern jazz, people. Sometimes it starts out okay. So we're now 16 minutes into this song, by the way. <laughs> well, that's all right. But it still sounds right. So what shit did I see then? Um, I think you just saw a drunk person with an oboe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, you're, you're, check out the minerals. Check out the minerals. Now, now, you gotta see the minerals. Now, how long are you there for? Because you've been there for now, is this a, basically a week? No, I've been here since I arrived Tuesday night this time, which is Wednesday morning, uh, your time. 
and I am here until Tuesday week, your time. Well, this is very exciting. It means we're going to do another podcast of Rachel's <gasps> NYC Diaries. Now, I said this yes. was going to be short. I've just looked down. We've already punched out 46 solid minutes here. I know, and I've just I've run through all my bits and pieces, that I that all the stuff that has interested me, and this is what happens. You know, Plus One said to me, because I know, you know, you literally will write some things down mm. on a piece of paper, and then you and Paulie just talk. He's like, I can't believe you that like that's what comes out and I was like Mate, that's why we needed to do a podcast because this is our life <laughs> yeah. like, this is how we talk all the time yeah, that, that, we may as well just record it yeah, correct if some people want to listen to it great yeah, and the numbers have been really huge actually past couple of weeks so good on you guys don't forget uh, the way to uh, stay in touch with us is the Facebook page just go searching for Paul and Rach uh, search for Rach under the name of Sasha Gray on the internet uh, <laughs> but don't do it at work <laughs> that was her stuff name for a couple of years. Uh, otherwise, uh, my love, have a wonderful, a safe, a happy time, okay? I will. It was lovely to talk to you. It's lovely to talk to I you. I love still seeing your face, even though I'm all the way over here. Uh, Can see... I say you look very beardy today? Yeah. We... It's, 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 yeah it's a little out of control. I realised that uh, when I was on telly tonight, because Sun and I have done a TV show. I haven't shaved for about 10 days, so it's starting to look a little Bushman's beard. I also can't believe because, you know, I, I helped shave your head last year and I just can't believe how quick it grew back. Yeah, a lot of, lot, lot of testosterone, love. A lot of testosterone. Oh, but can, can I leave you with one piece of information? I said, so can we just do, this is breaking news. Breaking news. International edition. I have started personal training. What? I have started personal training, and I will tell you tales of sweaty exercise next week in the oh. podcast. Okay, this is amazing for a number of reasons. A, you hate exercise. B, you hate being told what to do. Mm. So I cannot wait to hear how you are going with personal training. <laughs> this is a revelation. All right. See you on the Facebook page. Spread the word. Five stars on iTunes if you can, guys. We love you. See you, gorgeous. Hang on, I'm just going to hang up on her. I'll keep recording because I can do it this after her. So that's Rachel in New York. Follow her on Twitter, at Rachel Corbett. I miss her. You're listening to Paul and Rach.